all aspects of our worship ministry in this service and our second service and our third service uh, on our Sunday afternoons, our preschool and our children and all that they do, just so many aspects, our choirs that lead. Um, just thank you for all the volunteers that do that and, and help us get prepared um, as we walk into our times of teaching. Also, thank you for um, not minding. We shifted you guys around a little bit this morning. Um, we want to see you, all right? We want to be able to talk to you and not the wall, all right? So we're just shifting you around just a little bit. I know some of you are like, I don't know where to sit, all right? It's okay. There's still the same amount of chairs, all right? They're, they're all in here this morning. Today, we're going to jump right into a battle. We've, we've acknowledged over the last month that we, have, we are in the middle of a fight, a spiritual battle every moment of every day. And we've looked at fear, we've looked at forgiveness, we've looked at comparison. And today we're going to look at one that if none of those have gotten you yet, that that's a fight that you can acknowledge, then probably today we're going to get you, all right? And it is the fight with anger. Now, be real clear about this question. Has anybody in this room ever been angry? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Now, what I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, has anybody been angry on the way to church, okay, this morning? We'll leave that alone. Somebody raise their hand. You can deal with that with your family as you go on home, all right? But as we enter into this battle of anger, I, I, I know that we could spend a month discussing this idea of anger, to dig into this idea of wrath. And, but what I want us to do this morning is not to give you ten steps on how to get rid of your anger, I want you to acknowledge where your anger is really coming from. I want us to get to the heart of that, not stay on the surface of it and just say, yeah, I've got some anger, but let's really examine where does this come from? Where is this rooted in our hearts? At one point in scripture, Jesus is talking to one of the disciples. This is not our, our main passage for the day, but he's talking to the disciples regarding authenticity, people being real, and he used the analogy of a tree bearing fruit, and he says this, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. Pretty simple. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man, this is a dangerous verse. This is such a powerful phrase that Jesus is making. He's not specifically dealing just with anger, but what's coming out of us. And so I, I know I'm preaching on anger this week, and all these different things start taking place. I promised you everybody yesterday in Greensboro that could have pulled out in front of me, pulled out in front of me to the point that I stopped in a parking lot, and I said, okay, Lord, I know that I'm preaching on anger. Just let it stop. You can ask. I've got four or three witnesses in the car, right? The car in front of us, we can, we, can, we can kind of put this in perspective. The car in front of us, we're driving down the interstate. They dart in front of us. We make the decision at that moment that you are going to be the source of justice, right? You get super close to them. You turn on your headlights. Not that I've ever done this. I've watched y'all do it, okay? Not, I've never done this. And, and our blood pressure goes up. Anger. Big game. You're watching it on TV. No, no, not big game on TV. Big game. Your kids or grandkids are playing in a big game. And by big game means they're five and it's the first game of the year, right? They've never played t-ball before, but it's the biggest game in the history of baseball. And they call a third strike on an obvious ball. Whoop. 
They don't call the hold that allowed for this touchdown to be scored, or they don't uphold the call, or you, everybody else saw that that person double dribbled on their way to the basket except for the referee. So you stand up out of love and support for the referee and you proclaim their greatness? No. You are fuming mad. Let's, let's dig a little closer. You're watching your favorite politically poisoned late night news channel. Woo-wee. Now it's getting real, isn't it? And then you decide, whatever party you're for, okay, I'm not trying to get into that this morning. I'm not going to go that dangerous, all right? You decide to flip channels to what you consider the opposing political group. Your blood is still boiling this morning. Uh, you can just sense it, you feel it, you're watching it, you're going, I can't believe they're saying these things, I can't believe they believe these things. The next morning, I mean, you can't even go to sleep at night because your heart is racing, you're so outraged and you just carry it forward and it just comes out or the persons that you're closest to the person you're closest to in your family that may be a spouse it may be a sibling it may be a parent it may not even be inside your family the person you're closest to in life it may be somebody at work they make a promise to you and they just don't keep it they're supposed to be somewhere they don't show up they make a promise to you about your home and they abandon that at some point however drastic it may be and anger churns. It just churns. It just sits. It starts digging in. And if I were to sit across the table, and I have, if I've sit across the table from you at lunch, or you from me at lunch, and we described our situations, then we might say something like this. I don't know why I reacted with so much anger. I just exploded. I don't know where it came from. Jesus does. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's identifying with them where the fruit, evil or good, where it comes out. He knows exactly where it's attached to. It's not some distant action that's taken by someone. It's what's going on in our hearts. Andy Stanley says this. He said, it is when our hearts are stirred that we become most aware of what they contain. And then if I were to push a little bit further, or you were to push me a little bit further, and you say, ah, okay, okay, so you, you don't know where it came from. One answer that you may pose back to me, that you may loft my direction, almost like an excuse bomb coming my way, will you like to use this one? Well, you know, it's just the way I am. Now, I'm not asking for a raise of hands. When we acknowledge, you know, that's just the way I am, my desire this morning, my prayer this morning, is that we can admit our struggles with anger. You may be able to insert something else this morning that God wrestles with you about as we are going through this battle this morning. But I would hope this morning that we can see that we can exchange and we can get rid of the lie of, you know, it's just the way I am, and replace it with, you know that's just the way I was before I encountered Jesus Christ. Significant change in our mindsets. The Apostle Paul, we're going to see, talks about it. Jesus says it's rooted in our heart. But for us to transition, get rid of the lie, the excuse of saying, you know that's just the way I am. No, that's just the way you were prior to experiencing the grace of Jesus Christ. It's the way that we were. Now, Paul, in the book of Ephesians, he gives great wisdom to a group of people 
known as the church of Ephesus, and he's admonishing to them. He's saying, listen, let me make sure that you guys don't go backwards in your spiritual growth to become like you once were. And that was the Gentiles who were in opposition to things of faith. And so he says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. He says, now this I say and testify in the Lord. Now, you may read that and go, okay, so he's got something to say. Make sure you understand that what he is about to say, he is telling us something, and his authority is what? The Lord himself. I am telling you something on behalf of God Almighty. I've got something to download to you as a church of Ephesus, and now as a church of Richford Baptist, you guys, I've got something to testify to you. He says, now I say this and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk, as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. This is a spiritual blindness. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. I don't have time to unpack verse 19 this morning. You can unpack that on your own, but it's pretty loaded. Essentially, they've turned their hearts. He's warning them, listen, that those, the way that you used to be, they turn their hearts over to every desire of the flesh, to, to every sensuality, to every practice of impurity. And then he draws the battle line for us in the middle of this fight. He says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. You see, up to verse 19 and 20, up to verse 20, what, the, what he's saying is, that's just the way I am. That's the excuse. Them saying, listen, we're, we're just like that. We're just Gentiles. We don't know these things. And he said, that's just the way you were. That is not what you learned from Jesus Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off or put on. We've, we've discussed this in months gone by. I believe it was uh, or late in the fall of last year, this idea of put on, put off, put off certain behaviors, put on spiritual behaviors. But the bottom line, one of the things he takes aim at that we're going to see is a moment, is anger. And Paul is reminding themselves when they fell in love with Jesus. I want you to think about that moment. When you fell in love with the truth of Jesus Christ, they took on, we took on, you took on, a new self. You were no longer the old self anymore. You were no longer, well, this is the way I am. Now you are, this is the way I am through Jesus Christ. I can no longer hide behind who I was. But what it means is that we as believers have to drop the phrase, this is the way I am. When we act out in anger or jealousy or rage or bitterness, we can no longer hide behind the lack of self-control and just say, well, you know, it's just the way I am. I hope we can transition that today to, you know, that's just the way I was before God changed me. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
This is a heart condition, Paul says. It's specific, put off, put on. So then he says in verse 25, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So right now he's saying, you're, you're my brothers, you're my neighbors, you're my companions. And this morning I want you to hear that from me as your pastor, but also a fellow man. We're neighbors, we're companions, we're walking through these battles of anger and of fear, forgiveness, comparison. We're not walking through these as me just saying, I got it figured out and you need to get on board. No, we're walking together as fellow companions, as members of each other. And then verse 26 and 27, he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Paul is admitting what we have to admit. We all become angry, and he's advising us on how to handle that. He knows it's going to hit. The question is, what do we do with it? How do we handle that? Now, today we're not talking about righteous anger. That's a different discussion for a different day, where we become passionately pursuing an injustice, a, a moral code that's been broken in line with Scripture out in our world, and we become uh, in sense that we're going to say, man, I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to tackle that. We're not dealing with that type of anger this morning, that type of righteous anger. Today we're dealing, talking about that sinful anger that breaks relationships, that harms who we are. He says, don't let the sun go down your anger. In verse 31, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice verse 31 as best i can put it in in my words is this verse 31 is a weed garden it is a spiritual weed garden and what do we want to do it's springtime right we want to get rid of what weeds weeds if they take root they will grow and they will do what they'll begin to force out the things that you really want to grow and the crazy thing about weeds is they don't need to be fertilized like your pretty green grass we spend all this time and all this money and all this effort putting out weed and feed get rid of the weeds feed the other but if we don't do anything our yards will slowly be overtaken and the crazy thing is sometimes these weeds have flowers they get kind of pretty if you leave them long enough you go wow that's I'm just going to leave it as it grow. Weeds only need one thing to grow, to be ignored. You want to let a weed grow in your yard? Just ignore it. It'll grow. You want a weed to grow in the little seam in your driveway? Leave it alone. It'll grow. You want anger and malice and wrath and bitterness and resentment to grow? Just leave it alone. Just believe in your heart that that's just the way that you are. Just tuck it away, just put it back somewhere and say, well, I've just always been that way. This morning I want to challenge you that we need to pull up the root of bitterness and of jealousy. Listen, if you taste something bitter, most of us do something immediately. We do what? We spit it out. And we go, I don't want that in my mouth bitterness we hold on to something we we stew on it when we're wronged we are shortchanged we're impacted by the actions like we spoke earlier someone else has done something to us or someone else has owed us something that they have not paid up on and so we feel shortchanged 
And some of us in this room, when it comes to anger, are stewards. Now, I don't believe stewards is a real word, but it is this morning, all right? You're stewards. A couple, couple weeks ago, I'm not sure who in my house, I won't assign blame, all right, because I really don't know, uh, <clears throat> put a can of Coke or Dr. Pepper in our freezer. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Next morning, I go to the freezer. I think it was later the next afternoon. We were trying to get dinner ready. I opened up the freezer, and there was Coke slushy all over my freezer. It was, it was beautiful, right? And so Emily's working on dinner. I decided to tackle the freezer. And you know what? That spewed, stewed up Coke slushy got in every crevice known to man of that freezer. I started taking out shelves, I started taking out food, the waffles that had been left open, you know, those little bags don't get closed, there's like Coke icy flavored waffles now, I mean, it went everywhere, this little tiny can, I'm going, how much was in this little can? How much completely could cover so much? And I'm taking out the shelving units, I'm cleaning the ice tray, I got in the ice, which is four drawers up above it. How in the world? How in the world does anger come back in our lives that we've been stewing and we've been churning it up for 30, 40 years and then it explodes on some relationship? It explodes on something spiritual that's moving in our hearts and we say, where did that come from? And trust me, when we tuck it away, when we push it back, when we let that weed grow, sometimes we get familiar with it and go, that's just the way I am. It's kind of pretty that way. I've gotten used to it. But I promise you, when it explodes, and some of you are stewing and pushing, when it explodes, it'll get in crevices and places and relationships and in moments of your life, and you will never imagine it could have been you. Those of us who stew, hold on, push it down, hold it back. But then there's stewers, and let's not leave off us spewers, all right? See, you don't need a night in a freezer to get churned up and freeze and explode. All you got to do is shake the can, pop the top, and explode on everybody, right? It's been rolling around the back of your car on the way home from the grocery store. You pull it open in the driveway. You pop that Coke open, man. It just blows up everywhere. And some of us encounter that. We, I would say it's wrath that we see in this passage of Scripture in verse 31. That wrath, the rage, the fury... Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool gives vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. It doesn't mean he's going to stew on it. It means he's going to evaluate how to deal with it, how to attack that, how to approach that. So here's what he said about anger, malice, wrath. Verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be what? What is that next, those next two words there? Be, be, Put away from you, along with all malice. You understand that phrase, put away, in different contexts in your life. It means to eliminate, to tear off, to get rid of. Now, have you ever been walking through the woods, springtime especially, right right about now, you're, you're going on a hike, you're going walking, you don't even have to go out in the woods, you're, you're walking down your driveway, and you walk through a spider web? Anybody? Yeah, I don't like spiders. 
My, love, my wife loves science and nature, and she admires their webs and what kind it is. And I'm just, I, I, all I see when a web is part Satan, okay? I just, I just cannot. I just look at it, and it just gives me some kind of weird feelings inside. And so if I walk through the web, you know what I do? I do the same thing you do. I'm like, right? If, some, if, nobody, if nobody knows what you're doing, and they drive by, it's one of the most humorous moments ever. What's going on with that guy? He's having a seizure in his front yard. He's pulling everything off. He's stretching it. You want to go inside. You want to take a shower, and you say, I've got to eliminate this. I've got to tear it off because this does not belong on me. And Paul says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, anger, clamor, and slander be torn off. Get rid of it. Paul would never say, let all bitterness and wrath and clamor and slander be covered up with the excuse of, this is just the way that I am. Equally, we would say, there's no way I would allow this spider web to hang out on me. It's disgusting. It's vile. It's not, should not be a part of me. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be at a point spiritually where we say, okay, be put away from me. Get off. You don't belong here. That may be the way that I was, but it is no longer the way that I am by the grace of God. Because when you and I became followers of Jesus, there was an exchange that took place. Old self, new self. Old self, impurities, immorality, greed, lust. New self, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Apart from these things, there is no law. There was an exchange that took place. And Paul's saying, listen, you can no longer say that's just the way that I am. Put it off. Get rid of it. Put on Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That is just the way you were prior to encountering Jesus. So we've got to begin to resolve our anger by exposing our trust in God. We've got to trust in God and His forgiveness first for us and foremost His forgiveness for us. And saying, God, I trust you, you've forgiven me, and because you've forgiven me, I can trust that you are making the exchange in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. And out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth speaks, and God, may it be the fruit of the Spirit. May it be no longer what I was. Or, you can just stay angry. Just stay angry. Rip your home apart. Rip your relationships at work apart. Stay angry. Well, pastor, it's just the way that I am. Or, or here's, here's one step past that. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't. But I know what Paul's been through. And Paul writes these words. Paul had, is not some philo uh, philosopher or theologian sitting in an ivory tower writing the latest bestseller to be interviewed during the, the course of the week by all the different pundits on news channels. He's not writing from an ivory tower. He's writing from prison. He'd been embattled. He'd been faced death. He'd been persecuted. And he's staring into the face of all those emotions, and he's saying, put off, put on. That was the way that I was. This is the way that I am. Because then it comes into examining our question from last week. 
For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? If it is of trying to please man, if I were still trying to please man, I'm n- I would not be a servant of Christ. The old is put away. The new has come. Putting off anger doesn't simply start with you walking out here today and going, well, no more, not getting angry anymore. Never going to happen again. No, the question is, when we become angry, when something crosses our path, when somebody cuts in front of us, when somebody harms us, what are we going to do with that? One of the most profound verses that you can memorize and we can memorize together is James 1, 19 and 20. It says this, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let every person be what? Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Thursday was a kind of a long day for me. Um, just pastorally, I uh, had a couple funerals this week. One, both of them just incredible ladies of the Lord. And so I went home Thursday afternoon and I uh, just wanted to rest for a few minutes. And I laid down. And I thought, I'll just close my eyes for a couple minutes just to get restored and head back to the church. I woke up two hours later. And I think I was a combination of hangry and tired and frustrated and all these things. So then we went out to dinner as a family, and we're sitting outside at a restaurant, which I don't like spider webs, and I definitely don't like flies, okay? So I don't like to share my meal with anybody, especially things, never mind. I don't like flies. We'll just leave it at that. And for some reason, my plate was the national monument of flies. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about, be, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I'm sitting there just in, in all of my day trying to figure out why in the world are these flies about to make me lose it. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Stop, listen, be quiet, calm down. Stop. Listen, be quiet, calm down. You're going to get angry. It's going to happen. Something's going to flip the trigger. So what do we do in that moment, in that battle? James says, stop, listen, be quiet, calm down. Proverbs says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Anger. It is a weed that will grow and flourish if we ignore it. And before you know it, our actions become guided by it. Jealousy, bitterness, wrath. And we justify it. We almost befriend it. We stew on it. We spew out of it. And we like to kind of coddle that emotion and say, well, that's just the way that I am. Can I just be bold and tell you that's not who you are in Jesus? That is not who you are in and through Jesus Christ. That is not who I am in and through Jesus Christ. Stop, be quiet, listen, calm down. I want to challenge you this week to turn the phrase, that is just the way that I am into, that is the way I was before God changed me. So this week we've got two verses to look at. This is last week in our series, so we'll just go swing for the fences, right? 
two verses. You can do both. You can pick one, all right? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Say this one with me. It's Ephesians 4, 31. Say this with me. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Let's do it one more time. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Or, and or, James 1.19. Say this one with me. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. One more time. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I really want to challenge you this morning. From my heart to yours. That we drop the excuse rooted in lack of self-control. That's just the way that I am. And we stare into that battle. And we say, that's not who I am in Christ. The old has passed away. The new has come. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from me along with all malice. Let's fight anger. Let's pray together.